ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm Janice Porter, your host, and today my guest is coming from Calgary, Alberta. Her name is Heidi Dunstan. Heidi is a grief advocate and educator. Her passion is to help others learn more about grief and how to support others who are grieving. She believes that grief is love and it should never be done alone. So she teaches people what to say and not to say to grievers, sorry, and, and teaches people what to say and not say to grievers, giving them the tools to lean into grief so we can all grieve with grace, which I kind of love. I think that's really special. So welcome to the show, Heidi. And Thanks so much, Janice. You're very welcome. Um, I feel like I have to tread a little bit lightly when I'm talking about something like this, which is exactly the point, right? This is exactly why what you do is so important. So let's let's start first by just telling us your story and, and how you um, became this, this grief advocate and ed educator. It obviously came from a personal experience. It did. Unfortunately, I mean, grief is all around us. We've all had grief throughout our life. It isn't necessarily just about death. It could be change in relationship, change in job, change in finance, change in health. Um, so there's lots of grief. But the one that really got me was almost three years ago, I, my husband unexpectedly died of a massive heart attack. Mm. It was two days after Christmas, the day before my 40th birthday. Wow. And we were coming home from Costco. I was with him. Um, and he went down and he was a retired fireman. The boys were there helping him. We lived across the street from the fire hall. So oh. the boys were there. They were super amazing. Um, I was there right away doing CPR and just nothing worked and he didn't come back. And so literally in an hour, my life turned upside down. Like that, poof. Just like that. Yeah. And um, I have a really amazing support network. I have great people around me. I, I could say that, you know, I, I've talked to lots of widows over the last three years and many of them say like a week after the funeral, everything gets quiet. And my world didn't get that way. I had a lot of people that still reached out months after. Um, but a lot of them were like you. They treaded lightly. They didn't know what to say. Some of them completely disappeared. Mm. Um, and some of them just said things that missed the mark and that actually really hurt. Um, and they had no idea that it hurt. And I've, I'm an entrepreneur. And so um, I had clients, I, I own a virtual assistance business and had clients that were, some of them were amazing, some of them not so amazing. And I laugh, but I don't mean it, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just, it's you, awkward, you laugh right? because you know that it's like, yeah. hey, like it, it happens. And at such a time when you need just people to have a bit of grace, it just gets really uncomfortable and awkward. And um, you, I mean, you saying you've got to tread lightly, you're uncomfortable and you're feeling awkward and the person who's grieving doesn't feel like themselves and they're uncomfortable and awkward. So it makes it such a really weird dynamic mm -hmm. and it's hard. 
And because none of us have been taught how to grieve, like what I learned is so many people that said things that missed the mark, it was because they didn't know. It wasn't because they were being malicious. It was because we've never really been taught how to grieve. Nobody's taught us. Like some of us may have had that awkward conversation with our parents when we were teenagers about sex, but not many of us had a conversation about grief. No, because our society is, is such, I mean, I, I, I was divorced when I was in my twenties, you know, the, the, the starter marriage and um, even going through a divorce, I remember going through the stages of grief and, and reading a book about grief. And at that time um, certainly doesn't compare to, um, to losing your loved one, but there are things that happen and there are people that, that do weird things when you're going through grief and you know um no matter what it is i've lost i've had friends very good friends who have lost um one lost a son two lost husbands the same way you did and very suddenly and um actually now that i think about it that just happened to somebody else that i know and i still haven't dealt with it so it there are different things that happen for different reasons so my first inclination was with my friends was to lean in and call and what can i do and whatever but sometimes we skirt around what we're saying we're not talking about how are you feeling or what can we do to help you know it's bringing the casserole over so to speak um i know that you know you know that my um, my podcast is all about relationships and and the power of relationships and this is a case where relationships can change because of a miscue or right a um um a circling around the real issue or the real topic to talk about so i think it might be really helpful to well you know to ask you what do you recommend that people do or say you know how, how you know what what's the best thing to do um, one, I think if it's early, like if, if you've just found out that they've lost somebody, um, do what feels right. If they've asked for no flowers, don't send flowers. Um, but potentially like reach out and say, hey, would love to be able to set up a meal train for you so that people could, that there's a schedule for meals. Because as you said, people bring casseroles and all of a sudden there's an abundance of food and you've got 17 lasagnas and no, do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's a, oh, an amazing website called mealtrain.com and you can set up a profile for somebody, set up with the, the person or their whoever their point person is, how many people are gonna be there. My goodness, the of home. course there is now, yeah. <laughs> there's even like, you can pay $10 and um, sign up and you can say, hey, I need help with some chores and people can sign up to do those chores. Um, and the nice part is, is that you can specify People can sign up for a day. They can say, I'm bringing macaroni and cheese. And the next day, somebody's bringing taco soup. And yeah. so then they know that they're not getting the same thing week, day yeah. in and day out. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be every day. So that's a cool little feature and something that's out there. And you can use that feature for things like potlucks and other things too. It's not just for when somebody's gone through a hard time. Um, avoiding things like, how are you? Mm -hmm. Because grief leaves you living in the moment. And the how are you question is we typically will say we're okay, we're good, or we're fine. And a griever in those early days and weeks are none of those. 
I remember so I, when we first talked, we talked about this. This is really cool and, and really helpful. Not saying how are you, but what saying what instead. How's today? Yes. How are you doing today? Yeah. How's today? How's where are you at today? Um, sometimes if I know the person really well, well, I'll say, how's your heart? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's kind of hard in those entrepreneurial relationships. I have some with my clients that I, I can ask that question or I'm, I'm comfortable answering that question, but really ask about the moment. And then even things like avoiding, hey, call me if you need me, because the griever rarely will call. Yeah. No. Their memory is terrible. They feel like they're imposing. So saying, hey, I'm going to be going to get groceries tomorrow. Is there anything I can go to get for you? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, you know, I know you got these two big dogs. Do you want some help walking them? Or would you like some company walking them? Um, there's lots of little things offering. But if you offer, make sure you follow through. Yeah. Because okay. some people make the offer and then they don't follow through. And it makes that person feel very lonely and unheard and unseen. And the one thing also is that witness their pain. You know, we often say, I'm sorry for your loss. And, and that kind of is like the, okay, I'm done my grief part with you. But really just be like, hey, I see you're hurting. And I don't have any words to help you today. But I want you to know you're in my thoughts. And I'm thinking about you and you're important to me. You know, um, let them be seen. And, and if they're up for sharing a story, if you're like, hey, I remember your person and I'd love to share this story and they feel up to hearing it, feel free to share. They need places. Some people are really comfortable in hearing those stories and some people aren't. So asking first makes a big difference. So uh -huh. there's lots of little things personally that make a big difference. And, and in business, I can give some other great examples of things to say and not say that make a big difference with some of the relationships with your clients, if you'd like. Yeah, let, let's come back to that in a second, because I'm yeah. thinking about, um, I don't know, I, I usually act organically about things, and sometimes I get stuck. I'm not the nurturing nurse type of person, but I, you know, I care about people and relationships are really important to me. And um, I remember one friend an old high school friend and and I hadn't seen her that much over the years, but she and her husband had been together for years, years, like since high school. And um, he was he was um, very ill and he was dying and going through chemo and all of that. And I sent cards every week and he did eventually pass. And um, and she said to me because we had lunch. Um, maybe six months later after he passed, she said those cards were so special because they brightened up the room, they made us think about, you know, whatever. And so that felt really good that I did that. Um, and yet that was all I think I could do. That's all I felt I could do. I wasn't close um, logistically to her um, and I wasn't really part of her inner circle life at that point right it was an old friendship from the old days yeah. kind of thing and so i guess sometimes that's where things come into play too and then the other piece i wanted you to comment on is so that's one situation the other situation is when you wait too long then what do you do yeah so. they're both really valid and so yeah knowing knowing your place and and honestly i had some people 
that disappeared out of my life. People that I thought were going to walk with me that disappeared. And most grievers, especially widows and widowers, mm -hmm. say that they're surprised at the people that disappear. But I, I, I was blessed. I had some angels, people that did come from the past that just stepped in and literally showed up at my door with open arms and said, you know, you're going to have guests. We're going to do the laundry. We're going to change yeah. sheets. We're going to do whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and so don't be afraid. Be able to be, be able to say like, hey, I would love to be able to support you more. What, how can I make that work? Like, what, what does that look like? And know that a griever, especially in those early days and weeks, their head, their lives are inside out. Yeah. Um, so they may not know. Yeah. But like I said, being in distance, you might be able to say, could I set up that meal train? Mm -hmm. um, could I could I have some food deliveries sent to you? Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of little ways that you can just lean in, right? And mm -hmm. those cards are a beautiful way. I mean, some people just sent me messages. I'm thinking about you today, months after, and it makes right. such a big difference. And then the what to do when when you've waited too long. It's okay to say I didn't I didn't know what to say and I was afraid. And you know we all tell stories in our head. Mm -hmm. So you're telling a story in your head that you're going to upset them or they don't want to hear from me or they just they're too emotional right now. And they're telling their, a story in their head like they don't care. Yeah. And so call the elephant in the room out and say, I made a mistake yeah. and yeah. you're important to me. And I didn't know what to say or I, you know, I have to acknowledge, too, that some of those people were grieving my husband. And they were moving through grief. Grief is as individuals are fingerprints. So they were moving through it their way. Mm -hmm. And I, they couldn't have me there because I wasn't doing it the same as them. I couldn't do it the same as them. The relationship was different. Yeah, that's and a good so, point. So as a griever, I had to acknowledge that too. That you know, that's really interesting because that takes me back to when my father died, which was many, many, many years ago. Um, too soon he was in his 60s when he's when he died and i have a sister and my mother was not very happy obviously she was sad when he died but she was in the process of um trying to leave him after like 38 years or something and then he died and so she was really mad because she didn't get to leave him it was still on his terms and i, I know that sounds callous but um, but what happened was for five years, my sister and I really couldn't grieve around her because she was so angry. And I guess that was her stage of grief that she had to go through, but she never saw ours as the children. And so that was really awkward too. Does that, has that ever come up for you or, you know, what would you say to that? Definitely. I think, I think you see that oftentimes with relationships, you see some like, look at somebody, a, a, a young couple that maybe has a stillborn birth or an, un, a miscarriage, um, or they have a child with a disability. Mm -hmm. They move through grief. The, the, there's grief there and there's big grief and they move through it very differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. And oftentimes, you know, if they can't find a way to see each other in those spaces and places, you can see a relationship dissolve. Right. Um, or even if they can't get pregnant right yeah. so you can see it in that space and yeah. and i think the hard part too is with grief if you're not in that really inner circle you don't always know everything that's going on you know i've talked to many widows and widowers who once their person has died their spouse has died 
they've gone through cell phones or or Facebook records or emails and found out that their person isn't the person that they thought they were. Oh yeah, that's lovely. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so you may be approaching a grief moment thinking that they're sad and they may, may be dealing with something very different, like what your mom was dealing with. Yeah, and exactly. So, so it's really hard to navigate. And that's why there isn't a, a process to how to do this. And this is why it is so hard is because every situation is so different. Um, have you experienced um, with people that you have um, worked with or talked to about grief do does it make i don't know how to how to say this properly but um do people experience like if they're not a religious person for example did they become more religious or do they become spiritual based on their loss or does it just bring you more of what you might already believe does that I, think make it could be, I, I think it could be either one. Okay. Um, I have seen people with very deep rooted faith um, lose their person in a, in a tragic way, a murder, a suicide, and it's made them question their faith. Yes. yes. Okay. And so I, I often avoid faith like God, at least they're with God until I've heard them talk about where their faith is at. And then somebody like myself, I, I have a belief but it wasn't as deep rooted. And now that my husband's in heaven, I have, it, it has strengthened my faith. Okay. And so I think it really depends on the person. It depends on the circumstance. Um, and it doesn't, there isn't a rhyme or reason. I've watched people that have watched their person die of a very terminal illness, very slowly, very painfully. And they're mad at God for making them, their person have to suffer. Yeah. And I've also seen them go, you know, I watched a beautiful transition. So I think, you know, I tried, I tried the relationship or the re religious one or the faith one um, with, I wait until the person has come forth with the information before I start. Okay. That's, that's good advice too. So you're not a grief, um, a death doula. There are people that are death doulas, right? right. And um, so how would that differ from they going through the process of, of the person so, dying with them, right? Yeah, typically the death doula will be with you during that that yeah. dying process so you know that the person is is dying um so in my case i wouldn't have had a death doula right. because of it was course. sudden yeah um but the nice part of, yeah the nice part about a death doula is that you know especially right now with our healthcare system so taxed with covid you can have somebody there and walk you through some of that process we don't learn a lot about death and it's scary for many of us mm -hmm. and we don't understand it and so they can tell you what's going on with the body they can even say hey would you like some of these things i've seen some beautiful i watched a, a doula who um took pictures of all of the children's hands with with their mother the mother was passing mm -hmm. and the children were all adults and every child got a picture with holding their mother's hands nice. and you know just some things that you don't necessarily think about because you're so wrapped up in the fact that you're losing somebody that you cherish nice. and love that they just can give you some places and spaces to think about how you can have some some legacy moments right so um how do you find how are you finding i know this is a new business for you but how are you finding clients so to speak because this is a business in a, in a sense but i know it's a business from the heart so it um, is yeah 
So, so if, go ahead. I'm currently not um, looking for clients. I'm, I'm building an audience. Um, I believe that it's important to change the narrative. I, I believe that, um, you know, it's an, it's an important message at this point. And so I do have a book that I, I, I've, I've contributed to the Blue Talks Volume 3. And then I also am writing a book of my own. Um, and it's a collaboration book as well. It's about my story of losing Mike, as well as 10 of our friends who knew him oh. and how losing him impacted them and the legacy that he's left them nice and i think that legacy is an important piece of grief mm -hmm. um, and i think it's a beautiful piece of grief where we can see how our loved one is intertwined in other people's lives and our own and it also makes you really look at what's your purpose here and are you living it and are you living right now a fulfilling life so um you know i could have withered up and become a really cranky grief stricken person but i'm young i'm in my 40s yeah. and i just saw this need and you know these conversations are important and, and people want to have them people have said to me i know i said something that missed the mark and i wish i could have that moment back with you yeah so it, it it's it's a part of your healing process though too totally yeah yeah and everybody does it in a different way you know um this is sounds crazy but um one of my uh, guilty pleasures is watching dancing with the stars because I love dancing and I love the whole thing about dancing and there's a there's an um a con an contestant an actor an actress actually on the show um she's a, she was on Broadway I think I can't even remember her name at the moment but she's beautiful beautiful young woman and she lost her husband who was a Broadway actor last year I think he was in Hamilton actually uh, originally on Broadway and he died from COVID. And um, she had, they have a little boy who's maybe two, I guess. She's just gorgeous as a woman. I can't take my eyes off her because she's amazing. And she's a dancer, like she, she's really good. But I'm watching her um, develop on the show in the sense that she was doing it, you know, in memory of her husband and she's stepping out into her, um, peace now and i don't know why i'm even thinking about it but it just seems so you know they they do some backstory stuff on the show and whatever and you can see um but she's she's so positive and so up yeah. that you know it's kind of like she has to move on you know but i'm sure there's you know times that we don't see right that are um uh grief stricken but is but, there and she's moving forward Yes, that's the good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is okay to move forward. It's, you know, you don't really move on, right? That person is going to be a part of your life for the rest of your of life. Course, so of you course. will cherish them. Okay, so then, then I'm hearing language that I have to watch language. Yeah, words matter. Yes. And even things like, you know, death, uh, losing somebody has different language around it. So dying, passing away, loss, um, you have to match your griever's word because some people don't like the word death. They don't like the word died and they use passing away or passed away or I've lost him. And when you say death, it just, it's like nails on a chalkboard for them. And so I encourage you just to match the words that come to you from the griever, use what them. What if you haven't talked to the griever yet? What if you're just sending a card and you don't know what to say, you know? Your, your card that you sent me to say, it's, it's okay that you're not okay is perfect. Hmm. 
Ah, I see. Yes, yes. Right. It's okay that you're not okay. And I'm thinking about you because what you're dealing with is significant. Well, that's good. Thank you for that feedback because I, as I said before, I go from my gut. And so I had talked to you though and got a sense of you. And if I haven't talked to someone and then I send a card, you know, I have to go with what feels right when I'm writing it. Yeah. Okay. And, and your gut, your gut's usually right. I know. But I if know. you've been in touch with somebody, if you've, if you have talked to them or if you've even read a Facebook post or, yeah. um, you know, sometimes even reading an obituary, you can see the language in it. Um, maybe think of something else, actually. I've never told anybody this because it seemed really weird. And my, but this happened many years ago. I read the obituaries. I don't know why I just do, but I read this obituary once and it was a beautiful tribute to this woman and it was long and it was, she sounded so fascinating and so quirky and so interesting that I wanted to go to the funeral. I know that sounds so weird now that I think about it and it was local and, and I did, I went to the funeral, but with my friend, but we kind of got caught out like, people didn't want us there like it was a bad thing to have done and yet i did it for the right reasons i kind of but is that weird i don't think it's weird i i you know i think it's changed over the time over time now you don't see as many obituaries because the funeral homes host them right um and now with covid funerals are 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 even more difficult to to crash um well, just, they're done, yeah they're not done in the newspapers so much because they're so expensive to put in the newspaper yes exactly and, and the funeral homes have done a really great job and and it creates a bit of a legacy where people can put posts right. after right right um but i think you know i had people that said i wasn't sure that i should go to your husband's funeral i didn't meet him ah. and 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 sometimes you know i think that People think it's weird, but I also think that, you know what, I want to pay tribute to somebody that it looks like they've had a great life. And, yeah. you know, and I know if you if you speak to any funeral home um, worker, if there's somebody that passes that doesn't have friends or family, they gather as staff and do a burial for them. That they never let somebody, um, their remains transition without people there it's it's embedded in them so don't please don't think it's weird it you know it might be weird right now with COVID because you'll take a family spot but no for sure but um so i'm i'm hearing that you know your your loss has actually spawned a, a whole new you in a sense and a whole new um path that that it's taking you down which is one building the legacy for mike two it's helping you with your grief and three you want to help other people um which feeds your soul yes right and um and so you're now as an entrepreneur you're finding your way through how to do that in a in a um in a worthwhile way so you've written a chapter in a book, you're writing a, um, another book that's a compilation book as well. And I think you told me that you're, you're going, you're, one of your goals is a TED, uh, TEDx talk, right? Yes. Um, do you have your title? Do you know what, you're, what it's gonna be about? And then it's just gonna be honing it? 
Yeah, I, I, I actually think it is going to be that, you know, leaning in like what to say and not to say to somebody who's grieving. Um, I think many of us are uncomfortable and depending on the generation, people that are in their 70s, 80s and 90s, they're okay with how we've, we've, they've always done it. Yeah. But the people that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s and early 60s are like, you know, I want to do something different. I want to do something better. And I want to be there for my people. I just, I've never known how. And I'm having more conversations with people and people are asking questions because they want to know. They're, they're tired of, of seeing people suffer and not being able to um, be comfortable seeing that. We, we live in a world that wants to fix and grief can't be fixed. You can't bring that person back that's died. And so no. you have to be comfortable being in, in those uncomfortable conversations. So it also makes me think that, you know, the, because we don't deal with death in in a positive way at all, like other cultures do, you know, I think in, is it in Asia in is I'm not sure where they wear white instead of black where they sell, you know, like, and, and like the Chinese who look after their elderly, like I'm talking now natural death, right. Mm -hmm. um, and so on, but they treat it differently. Isn't it like South American, I, I'm not sure different countries celebrate in a different way and it's part of their upbringing it's part of their world so it isn't seen as grief the way we know it is that would you agree agreed and and i think like there's some tribal communities where when somebody's died the the spouse and the close-knit family goes to bed and the rest of the community around them changes everything that looks outside they change all the, so that when the person wakes up in the morning the world looks different for everybody, not just for that, the one family. Interesting. Because the day Mike died, my world changed. It was different. But it's really hard because we live in this world and you still watch the world spinning at its normal pace and my world stopped. Yeah. Hmm. And so it's really cool when we can acknowledge and see people and, and grieve with them and go, hey, I see you. You know, that kind of avatar, I see you. Yes. Um, and I know that I know with my um, friend that lost her son on grad night, it was, um, you know, it was horrific. But I remember, and still, you know, she's still, um, uh, has everything around that was, you know, to remind her of him. And, and we'll, but I know that we talked early on, we talked about his, you know, his beingness, we talked about his um, uh, athletic skill, we talked about how he was with people. And so I think that was because I took my lead from her. Right. So if they want to talk about it, then it's a good thing. You have to take the lead, though, from the person. But yeah. we're not all, all that observant. We aren't. And, yeah. and because we're uncomfortable. Um, and, and oftentimes I had this conversation with somebody last night is I often heard other pe people's grief stories. It was, oh, I understand my grandma died. Oh, I understand I went through divorce. Oh, I understand, you know, so-and-so died. And it almost felt like, you know, they realized, hey, here's a grief pocket. Yes. And I need to either empathize with Heidi to say, I understand. So she needs to know I've been through grief 
or they hadn't dealt with their grief and they needed space. And this was a way to kick the door open and go, I can do it here because nobody else lets me. Wow. And, and so it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. And, and it's one of those things where I, I encourage people don't, don't talk about your grief in those early days. Not about you, right? Yeah. Like just see the person and see them where they're at and, and, and ask questions. I mean, I, I think I said to you earlier, like in business, I mean, I had a number of clients and one of them, like three days after Mike's funeral was like the list of things for Heidi is growing when you back to work. And, or should I find somebody else? And that was an easy response. Wow. Please find yeah. somebody else. Yes. Yes. And then somebody wow. else phoned and said, Hey, like, I know this is significant, but I also know that you, you do need to work. What, what do you need? How can I? And mm-hmm. I said, I can't do any emergency work. My brain just, I said, if, if you can give me a week or two to get things done, I will get it done for you. But I can't do it on a 48 hour turnaround anymore. And they were like, okay. And he's like, and you let me know when you want that to change. Yeah. So, and it didn't change for a year and he was fine with that. So the true colors show up, right? People's true colors show up yeah. because you know, when, when you were saying about the, the grief conversation and, and, um, the uh the opening when people say i right um it's like uh in any kind of a networking situation in business we still have to make it about the other person if we're if we're doing it i think correctly and we have to show an interest in the other person we have to um ask questions we have to you know be interested don't be selling you know be interested in the other people so in a general sense of, of what we're talking about, it's the same thing, right? But it's just a lot more delicate. And it is. Yeah. And just because they cry doesn't mean you made them cry. <laughs> right? Like a lot of people are like, oh, please don't cry. And, yeah. you know, if they're going to cry, I believe that if somebody is willing to share grief with you, it's sacred space and be honored and, and be okay to sit there and telling them not to cry means that they're not allowed to feel what they're feeling right now and they need to feel that and so being able to say can I offer you a tissue instead of please don't cry yeah you know um thank you for sharing your tears with me because for me I believe tears are a language of our heart they're they speak the language that we can't put words to Mm -hmm. and they need to come out and in grief they're important and sometimes those tears, they, they may look like they're sad, but if you've just shared a story with them, like people shared stories about Mike and how they embraced him and how they knew him in ways that I'd never known. And mm-hmm. so it was like, I got to meet another part of Mike, even though he was gone. So they were sad tears, but they were happy too. Cause I got to learn more about him, even though I wasn't going to have that opportunity in real life anymore. Yeah, that's very, that's very cool. I like that a lot. Um, so what would okay so generically I ask people sometimes on my podcast are they a reader are they a podcast listener or are they an audiobook listener what's your favorite form of my favorite is a book but time often puts me in audibles for sure and grief definitely moved me to audibles I'm just getting back into books I just finished one and I'm starting a second one so what do you read um, I just finished uh, for the second time Michael Lozier's Law of Attraction. Oh, I love that! Yeah, checking, from, checking, checking. Yeah, checking, he's checking. He's in Victoria, not far yes. from you. 
Yes. And I so I just started, my friend in Virginia just um, published a book called, with Kelly, um, Collecting True Friends by Elizabeth Duncan Hawker. And um, really just talking about relationships. I think it's a, a great book for you as well. So yeah, I'm writing it down. Maybe I can send you a copy. Oh, that's very kind. Collecting True Friends. I like that. Yeah. So um, um, Elizabeth's great. I'm, I'm actually going to be on her, on one of her clubhouse rooms next week. So fun. talking about how to experience grief with your friends so that you don't have to lose them. Yeah, that's great. So do you, um, so you read or, or it's all about learning and, and um, business books or, you know, personal development uh, books. It's funny when you mentioned the Michael Lossier book, um, I used to have, I still have it, his, C his uh, CD from the book. And I used to listen to it all the time in the car, all the time. Uh, I must pull it out again. If I can still play CDs in my car, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't um, even know. Yeah. He's a maybe, good friend of mine. I'm, I'm, I love his book. It's a great reminder. And you know, He's oh, I think he's a good friend of yours. We have to talk because I'd love yeah, to have yeah. him on my podcast. I think he's amazing. I, yeah, I he's awesome. like him. Um, so um, I wonder, uh, I ask most of my guests this question. And so I'm going to ask you this question and then we'll wrap it up um, asking you one last question after that. Um, my favorite word is curiosity. And the question is two part. Um, the question is, what are you curious about these days? And do you think that curiosity is innate or learned? Mm, those are good, great questions. Um, I'm curious about um, learning new ways to love people where they're at. And I think my grief story is a big part of that. The world of COVID right now, it's so important. Um, I feel like we're, we're moving into a really divided piece and, and if we can love people where they're at, it would make such a big difference. And so finding places and spaces and ways to do it, I think is really cool. And, and I think that curiosity is both. I think it, it, it is innate and I think it can be learned. Um, I think that some people are just naturally curious and some people never got that, but they've learned it because they all of a sudden got the, the, the doors have opened and they're like, whoa, look at this world. So I think it's a really cool um, both answer. Okay, fair enough. That's great. Thank you. And the last question I want to ask you is what, what would you like to leave with my audience today? Um, your best piece of advice around what you do and what, what to tell them? Again, you know, that house today and it's okay that I, it's okay that you don't have the words. It's okay to say to them, I, I don't know what to say. I know I can't take this pain away, but I want you to know I see you. Mm. Um, witness people, be comfortable saying, I see that you're hurting. And let them be, love them exactly where they're at. That's, that's what's needed in grief. That's it. And lean in so we can grieve with grace. Yeah. I love that. Those moments when you want to run away is when you need to lean in. And when you do lean in, it will allow you to grieve with grace and, and the person you love to grieve with grace too. Well, you certainly in, in the short time that I've known you feel like you're very much a graceful person in, in the words that you speak and the way that you speak and your tone. I feel like it's coming from your heart and you have a great message to spread to 
to others because we can all learn from that. So thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. And thank you to my audience for listening. If you liked what you heard, please visit Heidi at HeidiDunstan.ca. Yes, I'll put that in the um, in the show notes. And I think she has a, a little free downloadable toolkit as well that will help you lean into grief. And of course, her uh, social. Um, and if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, review and share it with your friends. We really appreciate it. Thanks again. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.